Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trouble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steve. How's it going, Steve? Uh, for this week, I am presented in 4-3, just to preserve Zack Schneider's vision. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we all know, Steve, you know, you're, you and I are both film critics, but mm-hmm. what most people don't realize is you hate cinema. You, you hate <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the only thing that should be in that weird uh, aspect ratio that I'll accept uh, in a modern age is Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Yeah. You uh, know? We saw it, that, and it was yeah. like, I was like, oh, okay, that's a choice. But it, it helped with the ambiance of that. Where yeah. And I, 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 There's a part of me, I think, in the first 15 minutes, so where I was like, oh, is it going to switch to a different format? At some oh. point during it for for lighthouse and, and it, obviously it doesn't um to kind of preserve the time period and everything uh for as far i don't know like like and and this is a hot take here um a four three a four three aspect ratio in a big blockbuster tent pole superhero film does not scream visionary to me I uh, I know you've got a lot of flack for your. Uh, I have, sexism. and only for just liking it. Just only for just liking it. Um, yeah. and, and, and 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 I mean, the what I would probably really get hate on is if if Zack Schneider's Justice League was a standalone film and not a course correction, I would have scored it lower. Mm. It does so. feel it is a much better film than oh the yeah version or whatever. Oh, for sure, for like, like, like leaps and bounds. Like, 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 I, I want to make that known that my stance is that it is a far superior movie uh, than Justice League. But like, I mean, you can improve on a pile of crap no matter who you are. <laughs> what well, I um, said in my honestly, reviews, but like, you give any movie four hours to flesh out its characters, and it's probably going to be a better byproduct mm-hmm. as a result. You know, yeah. But also, too, I my main issue with that movie is its length. Four hours is fucking obnoxious. Like, <laughs> like, you know, people go to the movie theater and they go, well, why aren't these movies longer? I mean, yes, it is partially because they want to fill more seats in a theater and kind of just get people cycling in and out. But also, mm-hmm. too, it's like a human brain just tires out after a while. And you're just yeah. like, I, I'm sick of this. And I know when I was reviewing it, I had to like just take breaks and go make something to eat or like yeah. go for a walk or something because I was just like I can't just sit and watch this movie for four hours like yeah I, I I watch it in two sittings I did it two hours and two hours okay. in two separate days right so like uh, I mean maybe that's not the the exact way that you're supposed to watch it but I you know I I, I was getting to that tap out point yeah. that I had like once I'm around the two hour mark I'm just waiting for the next. Um, title card for the next part um 
And yeah, like it, it feels it, like I felt the bloat because I felt like stuff that was like just put in there just for fan service. Like the, uh, I mean, well, like for those that haven't watched it, it's not huge spoilery because it's probably within the first hour, maybe the beginning of the second hour. Yeah. But what was the point of Martian Manhunter? Like, <laughs> why have that? Like it, that, that scene doesn't even make any sense. I'll tell you why, Steve. It's because uh, merchandising. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's so much of that movie that is just I mean, just Zack Schneider jerking off in your face and hoping you like it. Yeah. And you know what? Like it's not just a Zack Snyder thing. Like I had the similar issues with Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a movie me too. that went on too long and yeah. I I kind of appreciate when the studios will rein these directors in and be like, hey, listen, hate to tell you this, but nobody cares that your movie is four hours. Like, <laughs> nobody cares. Um, and when you go to these streaming giants, it's like, they're not going to stop people. Like, yeah. They're like, hey, we have Zack Snyder or Martin Scorsese or whomever wanting to make an extra long version of their movie. Sure, let's go for it. Nobody's going to mind. And then yeah. when you actually watch it, you're like, oh my god. This is a so story. You- you didn't like Robert De Niro gingerly beating up a guy outside that store? Uh, no. Like, with, <laughs> with this, with this so much restraint because he's de-aged, but he's really an old man as they're filming and they yeah. just de-age him, but he looks like he's, like, trying not to, like, fracture his hip and his foot at the same yeah. time. Oh, man. But the thing about, uh, and the, the large thing uh, about Justice League and, and to kind of, like, I guess wrap this point up so we can talk some horror uh, is um, is is like I don't I, I all the setup in this is for nothing like everyone's yeah. super excited about the setup for this he's not coming back no. like he, there's not there's not going to be a Schneider verse like we're not we're not growing from here and so all this service and all this setup means nothing yeah well, so it's like I don't know. I know now people are like release the Snyder sequels or whatever. It's like, I knew this was going to happen ends. too. Like it never ends. Yeah. When you feed them a little bit, they still are hungry for more. So. Yeah. Well, I mean for to, to Zack Snyder and, and as far as like being a human goes, like this is a big thing he got because it's almost like, um, it, 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 it largely, and, and there is tribute to her in this. This is a, this is kind of a tribute to Autumn Schneider. And yeah. like that's like like you got to complete your vision. The <laughs> the fans helped you get your vision. A lot of them were toxic, to- completely toxic and completely obnoxious. Though let's never, you know, let's never. There's there's separate groups when it comes to people that were touting for the Schneider cut, and a lot of them were toxic and like jumping in on Twitter conversations and being nonsensical with their garbage, right? But it got made. It got made. And, you know, that's it's very good for Zack Schneider. But is it going to improve him as a filmmaker? Is it going to... Is it a learning process at all? Or is it just going to add to the, the big testosterone machismo machine that is Zack Schneider when he's kind of trying to create his quote-unquote original content? And no, it's just going to embolden that side i think if anything and i mean army of the dead looks like a fucking mess already so i don't know when i you know it's interesting that like we're gonna get uh the snyder cut coming out at the same time as like the first episode of 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting Invincible, and I think people are going to have to decide whether they're like foolish enough to spend four hours on a Snyder Cut or if they're well, gonna, like just go watch one hour, well, more closer to 45 minutes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. More digestible, a little bit more, um, I don't know, just well-rounded and... I don't know. I love Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know. I, oh, that was so good. That episode one was so good. Yeah. The action sequences are unlike anything I've ever seen before. Like, so exhilarating. Like, from the get-go. That whole uh, the helicopter rescue sequence was just amazing. And, like, yeah. you know, spoilers, GSP's back. And, like, oh, man, it was just, like, oh, I, I was so... I, was, I, w- I had a big smile on my face the entire first episode. It felt more MCU like, than WandaVision oh, did, which... It really did. It really did. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it's it's forging its own thing. It's only six episodes, but they're hour long, uh, almost hour-long episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... Re- that shit is really, really exciting. And um, I don't know. The, the, the last thing that really bothers me about this Schneider Cut thing is there's so many people being like, Oh, it's like one of the greatest. It's like the gr- possibly one of the greatest superhero films of all time, yeah. and it's like number. T- I saw something that was like it's number two trend, uh, like number two superhero of all time on IMDb and all this and that. And I'm like, my question is, is the bar that low? <laughs> well, I mean, when you only watch like two movies in a year, yeah, it probably. Is. <laughs> I I noticed that there's a lot of times where I'm reviewing movies and people go, well, I disagree with your review. And I'll go look at their letterbox or whatever, and you see that like, they maybe see, like, two new movies, two new releases a year or something like that. Like, they don't see a lot. Uh, and it's like, well, you've – you 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 don't get to talk. Like, like, it's the same, but it's like when you don't watch as many movies as, like, you or I do, you know, like, we have a pretty good – uh, breadth of knowledge of different movies, you know, for somebody to go and watch Justice League and say it's cinematic perfection is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, you need to watch at least 20 or 30 more movies before you can start saying that. Um, no, for sure. But we should talk about Alien. And by the way, uh, yes, we should mention Taylor's not here. You know, just in case everyone was like, was Taylor just quiet this entire time? No, she's she's not here this week. She's out sick. But yeah, Wait. let's talk about Alien. Uh, a movie that I fucking love, and I know you do too, Steve. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is like some peak Ridley right here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I've I've wanted to talk about this for a while, and it's interesting because, like, on this podcast, we do talk about like a lot of deeper cuts a lot of the time, mm-hmm. which is great. I think, like, for somebody who maybe has gone through and watched like the the stuff that everybody else recommends, you know, we kind of cover some stuff that you probably won't even think about. Um, yeah. but you know, also it's good to circle around and talk about something that is maybe something that people maybe have seen before, or maybe haven't thought about in a while or something. And I'm like, you know, let's, you got to cover the basics sometimes too. And I think alien is like one of those like pillars of horror that like, when you're looking at the genre as a whole, like alien is so fundamental to it in a lot of ways. So, um, but, uh, the official summary of, Alien. The crew of a spacecraft, Nostromo, intercept a distress signal from a planet and set out to investigate it. However, to their horror, they are attacked by an alien, which later invades their ship. Pretty basic synopsis, but yeah. you know I mean, 
also covers exactly what the movie is. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it's so crazy to know that this is like the template for so much that followed it. Like there are so many filmmakers and so many writers that envied the work that, that uh, Dan O'Bannon and, and, and uh, you know, Ridley Scott and everyone was doing on this one. I mean, the way it was shot, uh, the creature effects, the, the, the way to shoot creature effects, the, even if you have like a lower budget and just some dude in a, just a, a, a corny looking rubber suit, you can make that shit work. Yeah. And uh, I mean, um, you know, you have to thank Ridley, and I mean, even before this, you uh, because you have to thank Carpenter because Carpenter had worked with these guys before on Dark Star. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, yeah, I, I mean, the 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 steps to get here to this film, and this film still lives rent free in a lot of people, a lot of a lot of critics, writers, directors, filmmakers' minds is is so incredible, especially the you know that we're talking about it over 40 years later yeah and it's a franchise that still continues to bear fruit i mean i don't know what disney's plans are for films but you have to imagine that there's been talks of like continuing the franchise but even like alien covenant uh prometheus like it this franchise has lived on beyond just being a simple oh alien in space like yeah oh for sure and as much as I dislike and downright detest both those two recent movies, um, the fact that we even got them, there, I, I, I do know, especially heading into Prometheus, my ramped up excitement to see to go back into that world. Of course, it didn't for me. It didn't really pan out. I know there's a lot of people that still champion both of those movies, um, but I mean, you really have to give it back to the original alien uh for feeling that excitement because i knew it wasn't going to be aliens because there's only one james cameron um but uh and 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 i know that we were we were never moving back to that action side of uh, of alien Mm -hmm. because because we we never have since aliens we never moved to the the action heavy sign it's always been towards the sci-fi horror side and not that that's a bad thing and there's things about you know about alien 3 and alien resurrection that i really do like i I mean not saying that i love those movies but there are things that i really enjoy in both those movies yeah for sure and i don't know i you know alien is is a movie that yeah i think you know when you look at a lot of things in terms of like yeah sci-fi horror it 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 really did set the benchmark for a lot of it. For sure. You know, even the alien franchise, like you say, has gone back to it, you know, leading away from the action uh, side of things and more into like the, the sci-fi horror. But um, Mm -hmm. when was the first time you watched alien? I, I had to be between 11 and 13, I think the first time I saw it. And I knew I'd known about it because, um, when I was a, probably eight or nine, I got this um, book out of a used bookstore. I bought it, and it was like the greatest sci-fi films of all time. And there, I remember there was like a four or five page thing on Alien, and I was just like obsessed with. I like I, I read it and reread it so many times, uh, and I was just fascinated. Like I really wanted to check out this thing of this 
alien creature that gestated in the body of its host and everything. Like it was just like fascinating to me. And I'd I'd known about the chestburster scene uh, previously, and I, I always knew like like because I knew my aunt had the movie. So I was like, when I get the opportunity, I'm gonna pop this in and I'm gonna watch it, and that's exactly what I did. Nice. Yeah, I know for me, um, it was a case where our family had like a cabin that we would go up to, and they had like a little VHS player and like a few VHSs, and I know well two of them were Alien and Aliens. And uh, far too young, but at the same time too, when your parents are drinking and there's a VHS player, <laughs> there's no parental control. <laughs> Just throw in whatever VHS you find. And uh, I remember throwing in Alien and watching it, and I was I was young. I think I was like around like seven or eight years old, so probably too young to be watching the, those movies. But Damn if I didn't have a good time. Uh, I was also scared shitless because we were in a cabin in the middle of the woods. And even though aliens obviously wouldn't be out there. But part of me was just like, I could not go to sleep that night. I was like, no, no, it's, it's, I was scared shitless. Um, and then of course watch aliens, which I love aliens and like totally different beasts in terms of like what kind of movies they are. But, um, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that, uh, in terms of our question here, um, Jacob says, why do people say that alien is much better than aliens? Um, <laughs> I, I have a hard, see this, uh, we talked about this off air. I have a hard time with this question because I regard the films and I already alluded to this. I regard the film so differently. Yeah. Um, because I would include alien as one of my favorite sci-fi horrors of, of all time. But then I would also include Aliens as my favorite sci- one of my favorite sci-fi actions of all time. Like, they move in different ways. Like, they have the same elements to it, yes. But, uh, I mean, Alien is like a film of discovery. Uh, a, a film of, we don't know what the hell this thing is. And then we're all getting picked off with them one by one. And then Aliens is this is this marine hoorah like action film where you have a squad of what you're set up to believe is just like the most badass crew that has ever been assembled. Mm-hmm. And then they're getting picked off in like this big brash blockbustery sort of way. Yeah. And they're so very different from each other, but both like absolutely brilliant in their own way. So I, I, I never, I've never been able to answer what film is better. No, and I think you're 100% right. I think where maybe some people might prefer one or the other is really just their pacing and what you prefer. If you prefer like a slower paced film like Alien or if you prefer something that's a little more faster paced like Aliens. Um, Personally, I tend to favor Aliens more. Not because Alien is not as good as a film because I do love Alien as well. But think for me, Aliens is a movie that I can throw on at any time. And at this point, like most of that movie has like turned into memes, you know, like mm-hmm. the game over, man, it's game over. Yes. You know, like there's just moments in that that like at this point, it's it's you're watching it for those moments and you're watching mm-hmm. it for the moments that you remember. Alien doesn't have as much as those 
like I, you know, our, it has memorable moments like the chest burster scene and stuff like that. But yeah. I think it's not as much of a event to watch Alien as it is Aliens. Um, but there's times too where Alien can also be great to rewatch too because, you know, a you need that fundamental before you watch Aliens. Like you yes. can't just watch Aliens and not have seen Alien. Uh, obviously, um, James Cameron was a fan enough of alien that he wanted to make the sequel to it so yeah um, yeah that's the other way to look at it too is you wouldn't have aliens without james no. falling in love with alien first because i think they you need the out, template yeah they came out like seven years apart or something like that like, yeah yeah so it already had had its resonance time yeah which is you know which is crazy and then um i you know because because both both movies have such good things going for it they have a good script have like an excellent look to them mm-hmm. that separates them, that sets them apart from each other. Yeah. And they have such a deeply intricate and well-rounded cast. Yeah. That all excel in their own separate ways. Uh, I mean, sadly, we just lost Yafit Koto this week. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Parker is, has always been a, a favorite character of mine just in sci-fi horror, just in general. Um, and, and especially like a strong black character as well in, in a time where it, it was tougher to get those, those characters on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, and it continues into, into like into the a- aliens uh, of characters that you're not conventionally Seeing like Jeanette Goldstein, the tough badass Vasquez in in uh, Aliens, yeah. like you're you're not gonna see uh, like a really like like tough and, and brutish looking woman in a movie, especially in the mid '80s where they're all feathered, blonde haired, and attractive looking, and everything you know, and like like be, like that that glammy, conventionally beautiful way and stuff. And uh, I think Jeanette Goldstein is absolutely beautiful. Especially yeah. in near dark, right? But mm-hmm. um, uh, like again, they're pushing the line uh, uh, of badass women, and we, uh, you know, we Cameron hadn't even fully introduced us to Sarah Connor by that point in his career and everything. We just kind of got the heroine, um, the uh, the the damsel in distress, uh, um, uh, yeah, female character by that point. But we didn't yeah. know until Jeanette Goldstein and uh, Ripley, obviously herself, because that whole third act uh, of that movie, uh, that how well the badass lady archetype was going to work. Yeah, and the thing is too is like. I- I think realistically you should be watching both back to back and then stop and don't watch alien three, but, um, or maybe do watch. I don't know. Give me the Fincher cut. Yeah. I think like, uh, Devin Sawa, a four hour Fincher cut. Well, Devin Sawa posted on Twitter and he was like, Oh, what's a movie you want a four hour long cut of? And, um, I said roadhouse. I want a four hour long Uh roadhouse. Um, Actually, the other day I said, is there a four-hour Minari? I'll watch a four-hour Minari. Oh, my gosh. That would actually... I would watch that. I would so watch... I I was, like, deeply in love with every character in that movie. Oh, they were all great. I know we're so... I know we're so far away from horror with this right now, but I loved every single character in that movie. And that includes Will Patton's, like... um, like Tourette's filled um, Jesus freak character. Like I just, I loved it. Yeah. I love this, this deep story. And 
if Steven, you know, Steven Ewan deserves to win a Best Actor. I'm he saying does. it right here. And, uh, I mean, it is horror-centric in the fact that he played um, Glenn for years on, on Walking Dead and was also in the heavily underrated Mayhem from Joel Lynch. Yeah. Um, but Stephen, Stephen Ewan, I mean, and Burning as well. Like, he's so phenomenal in that film as well. But I think Minari should get him an Academy Award because he's so freaking great in it. And the fact that Grandma got nominated as well for an Oscar... Yeah. She's so good in that one. Like that last, the last scene in Minari just it makes my heart break and swell at the same time. It's so such a beautiful, beautiful thing because it, it's like a cascading of oh no, oh no, oh no, and then like the last moments you're like oh no, this is good, this is good, this is yeah. happy, and oh, yeah. just even thinking about it now just gets me in the heart. Mm-hmm. But. Um... Yeah, <laughs> go watch Alien and Aliens, and then go watch yeah, there we go. and then go there watch the go. Snyder Cut. You got a whole day ahead of you, basically. <laughs> you might need to take some time off work. Be like, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, boss. I need to watch all these movies. Uh, BRB. <laughs> and then after you watch Alien and Aliens, you'll watch Justice League, and you'll be like, ah, maybe this is great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's, there's some better movies out there. We gotta find somewhere to 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 take the tint off of those rose colored glasses that people are watching it with because I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bar is like, come on guys, yeah, we're better than this. Oh, hundred percent. Um, Michael has another question here. Uh, he says, well, more of a statement, but he says, I love how the ki- the characters all look like basically space truckers. Yeah. So yeah, they are space yeah. truckers. Basically, they are space truckers. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've always liked. They're a cargo them. ship. Yeah, like they're not, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars. You know, they're they're just transporting shit around. Um, and uh, also too, I do love that you have like a character like Ripley who is constantly like, "Hey, you're breaking the rules. You're gonna get people like harmed or in trouble or whatever." So yeah, I I like that a lot. Where it's like it feels very realistic that uh you know there would be like a health and safety manager on the Nostromo, like uh you know just being like oh, i don't think we should bring this alien on board but yeah obviously you find out there's more to it but uh yeah um all right uh favorite line in this movie do you have a favorite line at all uh whew, there's there's a few. I I really like the Dallas when Dallas is all like uh, slimed in. Kill me, kill me. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. that really makes me laugh. Um, ah, there's uh, see, there's the the thing about this about Alien is Alien is very much driven on on the visual. Mm-hmm. For for me, um, like like where I think it excels. Yeah. And stuff like I the script the script is uh very minimal uh, in in a lot of ways. Um I, I think the person that has the that gets the heavy lifting as far as good lines in this movie is Ian Holm as Ash. Yeah. Um I I, I I think that as far as like best performances go, and besides Sigourney Weaver getting like a really cool establishing um star making um, role in this one because uh, at the end of the day she is the fucking star. Yeah. Um, 
I I just really really love Ash, and I love I I love Ripley's kind of last um, conversation mm-hmm. with with him, where she kind of like re hooks up the the head, and he's got that distorted voice and everything. Yeah, I know. My favorite line is, "I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies." I'm yeah, like, that's just fucked. <laughs> like that. Like, yeah. listening to that line on the rewatch, I'm like, oh, that's like just fucked up. Like. Oh, but I love that line. It really I'll, does set the set the stage that, like, yeah, they're they're pretty fucked. Well, even before that, I love that he admires the creature. Yeah, like like because he he is he is a, a a research vessel essentially, right? Like he is yeah. the he is the AI mind of a research vessel. So he sees this thing, and his instinct isn't like we need to contain it and destroy it. His instinct is like I want to know more about this. This thing fascinates me. He even says he like I admire its purity, a survivor, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. Like yeah. he is so fascinating. He's like this is this. He's like looking at it as like is this the the evolution of what life should look like? Like a cold and callous and calculated thing because I identify with that because I don't have emotion, so I'm a cold and callous entity as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It really is. It is, yeah. It's uh, you're right though. Uh, Ian Holt does have a lot of sort of a lot to work with here, and um, he's the heavy lifting of it. I think he is. Everyone else is reactionary. Yeah, he's cal- he's calculated. He's coming at everything from a point of infinite logic. So yeah, yeah. In, in his performance, and not only that, he has to he has to keep that completely emotionless deadpan at the same time as well. That's awesome. Yeah, he, yeah. Ian Holt really does carry this movie, and I do, I do like uh, a lot of the other characters in this, but mm-hmm. they do feel like every man and every woman, like in terms of just their archetypes, each character is an archetype. Even Harry Dean Stanton is, is, is kind of supposed to be that lovable, uh, that lovable curmudgeon core. You know what I mean? He's this, he's this old timer. He's, he's the senior person on the mission, not in stature, but in just longevity that, you know, he's the audience conduit. He's got a cat. Like he, you know what I mean? There's so many different things to his, his character. Veronica Cartwright is the every woman because yeah. um, they don't really establish uh, uh, Ripley to be the every woman, right? Uh, no. There's a lot that is under the surface of Ripley's character, but everything in Veronica Cartwright's character is on the sleeve. Well, um, and it's interesting too, because I don't think the movie always paints Ripley as the protagonist. There's often times in watching this, I felt like Ripley was just nagging people. And, like, if you were to watch any other movie, a character who's just nagging others isn't necessarily the protagonist. But, no. you know, it, it works in that you know where things are going. But it's just interesting that, like, she's not super heroic or super, you know, like, she, she really does feel like somebody who's just, like, an HR rep at a company. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's when, you know, people start dying and she has to elevate, you know, or as basically elevate to the position where she has to be a survivor. That's when her character gets interesting. But I would argue for most of this movie, uh, Ripley is just nagging everybody to follow the rules and is not really interesting as of a character until, you know, yeah, basically almost everybody is dead and she has to kick into overdrive. Well, it's it's almost like how do you accept how do you, how does each character accept their their 
their PTSD. Yeah. Um, especially, like, and you also have to come from, like, the fact that we don't even know where their mindset is at, especially coming out of cryosleep and everything. Yeah. Where exactly you're at. Um, and, I, I mean, like, we don't even know, like, like Dallas's longevity of being, like, the leader of this ship or whatever. Like, like is he new to the job? Is it... Is like wh- how well is he received as as a leader as as well? Because uh, again, uh, completely different than than aliens. These aren't marines; they're literally just a, a, a pick and pack crew. Yeah. So like, it's he's not like a military leader at all. He is just he is just kind of the foreman. Yeah. You know he he's. Yeah. He's the lead dude on a construction site type thing, being like, oh, well, I'm kind of like you guys, but I guess I'd tell you guys what to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. The, the, the breaking down the archetypes and, 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 and the mindsets and, and just how the, the mind um, reacts to an unknown, um, an unknown uh, uh problem and everything is is very very interesting mm-hmm. um and, and especially watching it after prometheus and, and alien covenant and trying to glean some of um um ridley scott's um little interjections of faith and everything but which has apparently been a, like a big thread that he feels through it you can definitely feel that in the last two movies he did yeah. um i noticed it a little bit more this time it still feels very very subtle that I could see everyone missing out on it um, in their first even five watches of it. Yeah. But, uh, no. Uh, let's see. What other awards here? Best performance. I mean, I think we kind of probably in agreement on this at Ian Holm. I, I didn't say Ian Holm. Ian Holm, uh, Ian Holm like, shows his experience too in this one and not to say that uh, people the other cast in this is an experience i mean fuck you got john hurt yafa koto um, you know harry dean stanton i i mean there's like this cast is so rich like it's not it, it, it it's like an ensemble where everybody has their little niche and it and and little nuance to it that the separate i mean this is the reason why this movie is so iconic now yeah and um yeah no uh ian holm you know there's a reason this guy is so memorable i mean Mm -hmm. the rings the fifth element chariots of fire like he passed away last year but you know he's an actor who owns the scenes that he's in and Mm -hmm. in this like yeah he just owns it like anytime he's on screen he's just taking full possession on the scene in terms of like his presence and uh yeah it works so we, well we only have three cast members that are still alive as far as recording date that's insane yeah tom scarrett sigourney weaver and veronica cartwright yeah that's 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 a really unfortunate um but uh let's see here um best kill i mean it's gotta be chestburster right yeah, John Hurt. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, and like, I like, I really, I like, I really like Parker's death because it's so like, no, like it, yeah. it gives you that that it it really resonates because you're just like you're so on board with him and it's so upsetting. Yeah. Um, 
And um, uh, Veronica Cartwright's death, uh, Lambert. Hers feels so classic horror. Yeah. Like, she's being stalked by this thing, and then it finally culminates in the, that death moment. That's a bit of a you jump know? scare, too, right? It is. It really is. And it feels so gothic as well in, yeah. in its approach. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I, I got to go with Kane. I think, like, that, his is the it's, first, too, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And and it's it's after such a big moment of levity between this whole crew. Like, everybody's pumped. Like, they're just happy to be with each other. They're having a great meal. And they're, like, the camaraderie is up. And then it just all gets shattered in an instant. One, like, minor complaint I have is there are worth a couple off-screen kills in this. Like, Dallas... Mm-hmm. See his mm-hmm. kill, Lambert. Uh, you see him get pulled out of his misery by Ripley. Yeah, because he isn't dead yet; he's being gestated at that point. Yeah. So I don't know. That was my only real complaint. Was that there was a couple kills in this that I was like, well, I would have loved to see those. Just should, mm-hmm. you know, and there are only like two of them. <laughs> it's like just give me those last little two. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, no, Kane's is the one that like launches the film and sort of sets things off uh, into being more of a horror movie. Because I think like largely at that point, like things were pretty like calm and mellow. I mean, obviously, except for an alien hugging your face, but like it really <laughs> does ratchet things up from there. Like that is your launching off point into the movie being almost like a slasher movie of sorts. Uh, you know, proto. Uh, slasher movie with the alien hunting them down. So, uh, no, I, I'm going with Kane. And I went into this thinking, like, that's such an iconic one that I didn't want to just love, like, just jump to that one being my favorite. I'm like, okay, let's go in impartial, but none of them measure up to Kane's in terms of, like, the pacing and the payoff. Mm-hmm. Like, that one just, that one's still amazing. Um, Demo's decision. I mean, it's got to be bringing the alien onto the ship, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Ripley I mean, calls him out on it too. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Um, like it's not as dumb as the, the Prometheus one. That was that's oh, ridiculously. Oh, running from the spaceship. Oh, running from a f- you're running a straight line from a rolling circle. Like, come on, man. That was. Um, no, no, but but even uh, I mean, when uh, when infected uh, Sean Harris character stumbles up to the ship and they open the bay door it's like what are you doing yeah i i hate prometheus but i kind of enjoy covenant but i haven't seen covenant in a while so i don't know i could rewatch it and hate it but i remember not hating covenant but it's been a while i remember throwing my arms up in the air when they killed amy simons i was like fuck off And they just fucking catch her on fire. They just light her on fire and blow up the ship with it. I was like, come on! I wonder if that's on Disney+. Plus. I bet you it is. I think it is. I think it is, yeah. But uh, I would would love to revisit that because that was one that I remember I saw at a screener and I walked away and I'm like, Aliens back, baby. It's so great. And then people were like, this movie sucks. And I'm like, I (laughs) I missed the landing on that one. So. Yeah, Trevor and I saw the advanced screening, and we were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> we were so pissed afterwards. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Was there's, I, I mean, there's stuff in it that's there's stuff in it that's that I enjoy. I mean, yeah, David essentially masturbating himself is hilarious. 
I don't know if that was intentional or not, but like his finger placement scene with the fucking yeah, pan yeah. flute. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Because honestly, Fassbender is doing backflips as far as acting goes in that that yeah. movie. Like, he's so great, and he, I mean, consistently been great as as David. Um, it's really there. There's some other, but then there are massive uh, undersights with his character. Having him do like a villain turn in between movies made no sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's just like a lot of problems, but there's some really great kills in, in a covenant, some really awesome alien sequences, but it just gets bogged down. A lot of it gets bogged down with Ridley Scott's, obsessed obsession but inability to make narrative cohesion out of faith references yeah there was a few that's like, a lot of problems there were some things that were just didn't make sense in that movie like yeah. the faith stuff i do remember like in terms of like the alien and like the kills when they start getting to that like i i, I like that stuff quite a bit but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah maybe in the maybe we'll save that for a future episode we'll do prometheus sure. and covenant back to back oh boy <laughs> oh boy I'm kidding. i don't know if there's <laughs> many people who like prometheus though like i watched that i immediately knew i didn't like that movie like, yeah and yeah. i've rewatched it a couple times i still like that's that's a hard no for me that one doesn't work at all and you know you could say like oh you know the stupid like you know she ran the wrong direction all that but there's just some fundamental issues with that story yeah. and like the performances like there's just a lot of misfires in that. So well, and the uh, and and I mean, how do you squander such a killer opening like that movie has? Yeah, but uh, worth noting too that all the alien movies are on Disney Plus now, which is not something I ever expected myself to say in my life. Don't doubt, right? But uh, I, I refuse to call it Star. There, all these movies, Zardoz is on Disney Plus. Uh, uh, Omen Three: The Final Conflict is on disney plus yeah like disney plus went from having like no horror movie selection to like a really some... great selection of yeah. horror movies yeah um yeah because oh yeah they've got the the original they've got the remake of, of, of the omen at least and then omen 2 i've never seen any of the sequels i think i've only seen the original but i know there's one that has sam neill in it that, that yep that that's, the, that's the third one the final it's actually just called the final conflict that's funny yeah um so anyways go go check out disney plus between watching uh falcon winter soldier because now they actually have horror movies up on there yeah yeah i think it's time to rate this what are you gonna give this a score of uh this is i mean i i revere this movie i have to 10 out of 10 it yeah, there's I, I I mean like like I said it, it it's the granddaddy of so much mm-hmm. so I I've got to give its place in history so it's ten out of ten yeah I'm giving it a ten out of ten as well like my issues with it are minor um, yeah it's it's such a well made movie that you know it it's pretty much the perfect sci fi horror movie like it's the one that we've based almost every other one off of to some degree or another so yeah it's a 10 out of 10 easy for me to say because yeah it's just so perfect all right um well 
Taylor's Cerciatic on Twitter because she's not here to promote herself, but she's up on there. It's got links to her website where you can check out her other podcast. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. Uh, I think I'm also on Letterboxd under the same. Uh, my website is stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on uh, The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday nights at 11 p.m. Pacific uh, across Canada, 10 different markets in Canada. Um, and also keep an eye out on my website, on my Twitter feed, and all that stuff because uh, I am doing my own show right now. And uh, one of the episodes that you will hear in the future um, features my buddy here, Kurt. Hell yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Uh, I've already done one with uh, Dan Nichols, who's uh, guested on this show, too. We had yeah. a really great conversation. Uh, very Stanley Kubrick and Terrence Malick stuff that we got into on that. So <laughs> it's, I, it's fun. I figured with Dan, you, there's no way you cannot talk about Terrence Malick with that guy. <laughs> And I brought it up too, and because we're both like hugely rabid uh, Stanley Kubrick guys, which would like automatically lend to like, oh, like we both like Malick. No, I don't really like Terrence Malick stuff no. beyond Thin Red Line. So we definitely get into that conversation. I mean, if I had a choice between watching Terrence Malick movies and having a nap, I would take the nap every <laughs> single time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I saw A Hidden Life, the last Malick movie, in theaters at the Vancouver International Film Festival, mm. but it was at the center, which is, like, not even good seating for you to watch, like, an, uh, like a 90-minute movie. So, like, a three-hour movie in those seats is fucking torture. Yeah. Torture. No matter how much beautiful imagery you're showing me, it's torture. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to checking out your episode with Dan and also look forward to uh, appearing and recording on that. Um, we'll obviously update people when that's live and people can check that out. Yes. So, um, I'm over at threeingreenerves.com. Uh, we have a new episode up that has uh, reviews of Invincible, the new uh, Amazon Prime series, Q Into the Storm, uh, a few others. So check that out. I actually really like Q Into the Storm, but... It's an HBO documentary. They they really are more hits than this is. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh for sure, yeah, I love HBO docs. And uh, yeah, the next recording we're going to be talking about scanners, which I'm excited to talk about. Uh, until next time, everybody. Bye for now. Uh,